0: Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bob Zerl. With me, as always, is professional film critic, Sean Patrick. Visit us at IHateCritics.net, Everyone'sCriticPodcast.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Our handle is CriticsPod. Uh, Listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Alexa, all your podcatchers. Subscribe to the show, rate and review the show. We will read your reviews on the air. If you give us a five-star review, we have several uh, 4K Blu-ray copies of movies to give out, given to us by studios. Uh, so we'll read your review on the air, and uh, just let us know you did it, and we'll send, get your movies movie sent out. Uh, Patreon.com slash CriticsPod is the best way to help support the podcast. Listen to our bonus episodes where we talk about movies like I Spilled on a Grave, along with music reviews, which we've, we've released a couple to the main feed, but for the most part, those are Patreon-exclusive. Uh, and we'll be doing more of those. We have a couple other ideas we want to pursue. Just a matter of getting the time. Uh, and then mm-hmm. our YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe to us. Watch us live when we when we record. We will post a link on our social media, letting us letting you know we are going live. Uh, thank you guys for putting up with me not being there last week. And hopefully, I, I don't disappoint. I'm sure it was a <laughs> better episode than normal. Uh, I do. Uh, it's awesome. When j- amy and jeff are on they're fantastic guests uh so thank you guys for thanks for doing that episode and uh uh hopefully we have them on again soon and i can be a yeah, part of hopefully. it uh this week we i don't have my pictures ready share the screen let's go youtube <laughs> people i did all this work to get it going and i'm dropping the ball
1: it's a it's an epic fail
0: it's the story of me on this podcast. <laughs> All right. So let me get back to the and share screen. Uh, we will start with... Wait, not that one. Uh, <laughs> minions did come out. We, I mean, I did see it, but we're not going to talk about that. So... Uh, I do feel like a lot of high school kids liked that movie. I was shocked at how many high school people were in the audience. Not kids, but like high school kids.
1: I can't imagine how anybody liked that movie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And they all loved it, too. They were like cheering. It was ridiculous. Maybe they love to laugh at it. Anyway, we're not talking about that. We're going to jump on to the main part of the podcast. And we will start with The Forgiven.
1: The Forgiven stars, Rafe Fiennes and Jessica Chastain, is an incredibly bored married couple. He's a doctor. She's a children's book author. They're on their vacation in Morocco, and they're heading somewhere deep in the desert where their uh, good friend Richard, played by Matt Smith, uh, has a uh, has a home in the middle of the desert, a, very, a nice mansion out there in the middle of the desert, alongside his boyfriend, played by Caleb Landry Jones. They're going there to spend the weekend and party and do drugs and get drunk, uh, which you know, just kind of what the idle rich tend to do. Uh, fortunately, on the way that, unfortunately, on their way there, uh, they have an accident in which uh, David, who's driving, David is Ray bry- Fiennes' character, hits a uh, young Muslim boy with the car and kills him. Uh, so they put the boy in the car. They take him with them to the mansion, and they hope that their friend uh, can uh, get him out of this, uh, figure out a way for them to get out of this. So mostly, uh, mostly, finds is just thinking, well. the family comes we'll just pay them as much money as we have to to just put this thing behind us and get moved on uh when the family does arrive the following day the father abdallah uh decides that he doesn't want money he wants david to come back to his village with him and help him bury his son as part of a tradition in his village uh something that uh david certainly does not want to do uh he makes the obvious observation, what if this guy's with ISIS? Like, the kind of, you know, horrific Americans or uh, Westerners that we are. Uh, We tend to jump to that immediately. Eventually, he does agree to go. Meanwhile, Jessica Chastain stays behind at the party uh, where she'll hang out with uh, Christopher Abbott and begin to have an affair, all while he's risking his life to go bury this kid in in the desert. Uh, It's not... A great movie. It's not a terrible movie. There's a couple of really good things about it. There's good aspects to this movie, like the scenes between Abdullah and David as they're getting to know each other, and David is slowly coming out of his rich guy drunken stupor and begins to kind of recognize his own humanity and Abdullah's humanity uh, and begins to identify with the man's grief. You know, there's a couple of really good back and forth between them uh, that, that are really, you know, really solid. Ray Fines is a very good actor. Unfortunately, everything that's happening back at the party, which is supposed to be kind of a counterpoint to that very serious plot, with this sort of uh, plot that uh, mirrors sort of the great Gatsby combined with like the just the satire of the, the lazy 1%, you know, the, the 1% who has so much money that they don't know what to do with it and they just throw it around endlessly while they sit around pools or, you know, go to fantastic locations to sit and do nothing because they can't think of anything to do anymore (laughs) so they do drugs and get drunk Uh, that part of the movie just never really takes off Uh, Matt Smith and Caleb Landry Jones try to bring some elements of humor Caleb Landry Jones especially is relied upon to try and bring some sort of transgressive dark humor to the movie but uh, he he really just comes off more as mean and kind of uh, just mean and drunk more than he does in any way transgressive or humorous uh, then they have this character who's a, a servant to, uh, to uh, Matt Smith and Caleb's Andrew Jones character, who they cut to this guy for reaction shots constantly. He's a, he's a Muslim man. Uh, he's li- he's uh, working and living on this compound where these two gay men uh, in a Muslim country are operating this house and this, having this bacchanal of a party, this, uh, you know, this den of sin that they've created. And they keep cutting to this guy, Uh, this Muslim guy and for reactions and you think is this going to pay off somehow like is he is he judging them is he going to act on this judgment and nothing happens with this guy (laughs) he just reacts to everything with this stone face or he looks kind of angry as if there's going to be a plot here and then nothing happens uh and it's kind of weird and kind of strange and just nothing. It just doesn't work. And overall, just the movie doesn't work. And it's a real shame. Uh, the parts here are really great. I mean, when you're talking about Caleb Landry Jones, Jessica Chastain, Matt Smith, Ray Fines. I mean, you've got some incredible pieces to work with here, and they, they, they the movie really does nothing with Jessica Chastain other than admire her beauty in this uh, you know the heat and the sunshine of Morocco, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> she's really she's really gorgeous and kind of bored and cheating on her husband. That's pretty much all she is. <laughs> There's nothing more to it, and that is a waste of your Jessica Chastain movie. A big, big waste.
0: Yeah, it almost seems like they should have focused more on the the kid and the family and that whole dynamic. Maybe yeah. worked her into that story, too, versus, <laughs> you know, I have no interest in the her... Like, adding the affair is, like, a, an unnecessary addition to this. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, but based on the way you're describing it... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm def- definitely fascinated by one end of what you're talking about. The other end, I don't care about because we've seen it a million times, and I don't need to see it in this movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, you make a good point there. The movie, had just to, instead of them actually going to the party, they just get in the accident, and then they're confronted by the kids' family, and they, you know, made to be part of that plot. There's probably a better movie there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and. But they didn't do that. So it wasn't undeniably wicked or thrilling to watch. You're (laughs) a boozy, biting saga.
1: No, no, it wasn't. (laughs) I disagree with whomever said that.
0: (laughs) I think variety is one of them. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's move on to Clara Sola.
1: Yes. Clara Sola is a, I believe it's a uh, Mexican film. Uh, It's a. stars a woman who is actually a performance artist and dancer. She plays the lead role here of this woman who is kind of in her early 40s, but she acts as if she's like a, a very young teenager. She's got a lot of curiosity. Uh, she seems to have some stunted growth. Her mother has sort of cared for her, her entire life and created all these boundaries for her not to surpass out of concern for her childlike mind. Meanwhile, she's also a healer. She's uh, seen as somebody who can channel the the uh, healing powers of Mary, you know, the mother of Jesus, and that she, when she touches someone, she can heal them. Uh, so they use that to make money for the family, but they also do that because perhaps she does actually heal people, which we'll see as coming about as part of the film. Is uh, she's now reached this uh, portion of her life where she's kind of. She's finally sort of growing into teenagerhood. She's also kind of growing sexually. And that's when this young man begins to visit the farm to take her horse because they have this horse on their farm that he takes and takes out tourists on the on the horse and so on. And he's a very attractive young man. He's just begun working there. And that begins a, sort of a, a, a plot for her to begin to, I don't want to say fall in love, but begin to have sexual feelings uh, to the point where her mother starts punishing her uh, for touching herself. And it, it's a very, a uh, couple of very uh, strong and very kind of disturbing scenes of that, of that um, really fascinating movie, exceptionally well-made. It's gorgeous. As you can see from the poster, the scenery here is spectacular. And uh, the performances are all first rate. Uh, this is a young director who uh, has a very, very bright future. Uh, we're talking about uh, Natalie Alvarez-Messon. Uh she, very very good director very a great deal of control over this it's a not an easy movie to describe it's not a movie that has much of a plot there is something of a semblance of a plot but more often it's just observing this very unique woman in these very unique situations and how this sort of childlike older woman is coming around to these situations and that's really what Clara Sola is and that makes it far more interesting (laughs) than a lot of other movies
0: I can't wait till she directs the next Alien movie. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, this sounds fantastic, and you're right. I mean, I love the poster. Uh, it, it looks amazing, and I hope to see it uh, at some point. I'm um, glad to hear that it's good. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, I highly recommend it. Uh,
0: and you talked about this next movie last episode. I did go and see it. Based on your review of the movie, uh, I... I from the get go, I wanted this black the black phone for those of you listening on most of you who are listening on the podcast, not watching on YouTube. Uh, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because it's on the last episode. But ever since seeing the first trailer and the poster and the scene that was Ethan Hawke, is like I want to see this really bad. And then it was like, there's no way it could live up to this poster or this the trailer, or whatever. And I I think your review knocked up out of I mean it hit the nail on the head. It's a very it's a very solid horror movie uh, mm-hmm. almost like uh almost almost as dark as like sounds of the Lambs but then with this kind of kid like stranger things kind of atmosphere mixed into it that it really mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's it's scary the jump scares are well earned and it but it's very watchable and it's not so dark that you're gonna be thinking about it for days but you're gonna you're gonna leave more with an experience that was kind of fun to watch versus something just dirty and gross and i i was really kind of shocked by how much i enjoyed it
1: scott derrickson is a terrific director he directed sinister and uh dr strange the good dr strange movie right and uh he's he's tremendous he he does a great job and he does he loves to tell this kind of story and uh, this is yeah, This is a very unique story. They came up with some very unique ideas for it. There's supernatural elements. There, there are very you know violent and abusive elements to it that are. Uh, there's a great mystery element to it uh, that that really plays out extraordinarily well. Uh, really smart characters too. And I, uh, you know, I, again, I keep, re- I keep going back to the Jeremy Davies character who plays the father of the two kids in the movie. He's he, he just does so much with so little. And that's really just something that you don't see a lot. Also again, with, with that character, they also use him to take the kids places in this movie that you really don't ever see a movie go to, which right. is really shocking, transgressive, perhaps triggering for some, but again, uh, it adds to the atmosphere and the horror of the whole thing.
0: Yeah. And one thing I love about Scott Derrickson, kind of where he got his start as a filmmaker, is he, like, took a Hellraiser movie seriously. Like, tried. I've never <laughs> watched it, but I've heard it's actually <laughs> fairly good for being a Hellraiser movie. And that's where he kind of got Sinister and all these other opportunities out of that. And I just, I, to me, I think that's funny. And at some point, I have to make an effort to. <laughs> <laughs> watch that movie. I was not Hellman. aware of that.
1: But okay. Yeah, he was, and I heard him
0: on a couple. I think it was Kevin Smith's podcast years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and how basically he was like, "Well, if, if the give me this Hellraiser movie, I might as well do the best I can do with it," and uh, <laughs> made a somewhat watchable Hellraiser movie, which I, I don't know, I just think it's fascinating. But uh, I wouldn't
1: imagine a Hellraiser sequel that's actually watchable. So and it's I mean, like, that's Hellraiser
0: ten too. It's like not. just like. <laughs> I'll have to. I don't know for sure, but at some point, uh, Uh, if there's a, if we ever, if Scott Derrickson does something soon (laughs) after this, maybe we can remember it. Uh, But I just wanted to bring it up uh, briefly on the show because I, I just, I definitely recommend going to see it, especially if it's a week like Minions. Why not go see this instead? (laughs) There you go. All right, but here's why we're all here. Uh, David Cronenberg's new movie, Crimes of the Future, is available to stream, and that we did. Uh, Yeah, Crimes of the Future.
1: Crimes of the Future stars Viggo Mortensen as Saul Tenzer. He is a performance artist, and his art involves this sort of uh, new kind of evolution, this accelerated evolution that's going on in this universe that is causing people to evolve even past pain, like humans in this in this time frame no longer feel pain. Uh, but uh, he, uh, Solid Particular has a talent where he can grow new organs, seemingly at will. Uh, and as part of his art, alongside of his partner, played by Lea Seydoux, he has these organs removed from his body in a public surgery. Uh, he then takes those and he tattoos them and puts them on display for people to pay to look at, and that's how he make, how, that's how they make their money. Uh, he, there's a two-track plot going on here. There's Saul's plot that is uh, about him and his performances, but also this secret kind of meeting he's having with government agents uh, from uh, an organization called New Vice that is trying to prevent the, the new evolution, the accelerated evolution. And there's this other plot going on where you've got a character played by Scott Speedman, who is part of this evolutionary sort of terrorist group that has been experimenting with the human digestive system to try and create people who can uh, essentially eat plastic uh, as part of, (laughs) just because that's the future of humanity. Food is going to run out because of the environment and eating plastic is kind of the way to go. And obviously there are some who would like to stop that and prevent it from happening. Uh, Meanwhile, Saul is kind of caught in the middle of that. And there's a lot of plot going on there. But of course, there's also a lot of really tremendous body horror. And that's really what we get into with David Cronenberg. He's just so brilliant in that aspect of bringing you these shocking visuals and these amazing sexual images and just things that are just going to continuously knock you off your feet or knock the breath out of you while you're looking at it. It's really a lot of really striking images. But of course, then returning to talking about the movie, it's also back to a typically Cronenbergian themes, which uh, one of which is bodily autonomy. And here, uh, unlike Shivers, Shivers was very much against the idea of a government trying to force its way into a human body. Essentially, the government acting as the aliens in that film, um, invading people's bodies against their will. Here, Cronenberg seems to want to have a conversation about the role that, uh, you know, how fast we're evolving versus how much people should be prevented from evolving uh he certainly seems to be on the side of bodily autonomy as he always is but he's open to having a conversation about it and then this movie is about that sort of conversation about the about the way humanity is changing and i think that comes about through the rather ambiguous ending which i think people need to see for themselves Uh, it's a really smart really exciting ending. But everything about this movie is really exciting. I want to warn people if you're going into this, like, I want to see a Kristen Stewart movie, Kristen Stewart is in the movie, but it's not a very big role. This has been played up a little bit <laughs> because I, I I'm not sure if it's because Kristen Stewart really wanted to work with David Cronenberg or because they needed somebody on the poster who could sell some tickets. Either way, it's a very small role. It's a very effective role. She's very good. Uh she's got a couple of really effective scenes. Uh I love the way that she kind of gets turned on watching Vigo Mortensen uh get uh, surgery and she's you know again there's somebody in the movie who says that surgery is the new sex, which is a very striking statement. Uh so much of this movie is very striking though Cronenberg's incredible I think this is one of the best movies of the year. I think it's one of the best movies of his career. I was blown away by it, and uh, I'm excited to talk about it.
0: Oh, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Uh, and I, I guess he wrote the script like 20 years ago or something like that.
1: Oh, like 50 years ago. I mean, you, I think he did a version well, of this. He back had
0: in, a mo- <laughs> he or
1: had, title called had, Crimes of the Future in, well, like in 1969.
0: Yeah. he. Had, I think he's used the title. I think even the, our classic existence. At one point it was called Crimes of the Future. So I think it's the title he's been sitting on forever, but he actually had the script done like in the nineties or something like that. Mm. And, and then he just never followed through with it. But I, I guess the fact that like I think like 80% of us actually have microplastics in our digestive system right now <laughs> kind of made that more uh a more relevant topic and also mm-hmm. probably why he's more interested in the conversation versus the <laughs> Uh, uh, to, uh, to what you were saying earlier mm-hmm. uh, But all that aside This is just a f- Fascinating movie from beginning To end the, from the acting to the To the scenery to the Body horror everything about it I watched it twice I don't fully I mean I follow the movie I don't fully know what his intentions are And in certain things I do think he leaves things a little ambigu- Ambiguous on purpose Where mm-hmm. uh, we can kind of decide what we want to do But Either way, I, I think, it, no matter which way you want to go with it, I I, I feel like it works. Uh, I just am really everything about. I've watched it twice already. Uh, one because I spent twenty bucks, around, right I'm gonna make sure I get my money's worth. <laughs> but two, I I started watching this, and I don't want to bad mouth another podcast or YouTube channel, but they're called Movie Emporium, and they've way better. They look better than we do on YouTube. They know where the <laughs> bell is. They point and say, like, "Click here, subscribe." They do way better than we do. Yeah. They did not understand this movie. They, they talk about how big a Cronenberg fans they are. And they're like, we thought we were getting a body horror movie. Apparently, uh, it's not that. And they're talking about people walking out of the theater. It's not because of it's gross. It's because it's boring. This movie's boring. Yeah. I don't, and they like the very they They talk about the kids beginning eating plastic. What was the point of that? And I'm like, did you watch the movie? I mean, <laughs> these guys are the biggest idiots I've ever seen. Like I, and they're like they got to go see it at like fancy festivals and shit and it's like are you kidding me these guys are getting that and they didn't even get the fucking movie like really kind of pissed me off, which made me watch it again but uh
1: yeah i mean the the eating plastic thing that kid is incredibly important to this plot uh what occurs with him uh beginning to eat plastic uh, whatever happens to him which i don't want to spoil Uh, There's also he's part of this sort of centerpiece scene near the end that is exciting. It's really it's shocking, (laughs) appalling. Everybody in the movie is shocked by what happens in that autopsy scene. And you're talking about both sides of the aisle here in this conversation that they're having about bodily autonomy and, and, and this accelerated evolution. Uh, everyone is shocked by what happens here, and it's really cool. <laughs> like it's a really great scene, and Leah Say in that scene. Oh my God, is she incredible? So much power. She is monologuing your way through that scene, and she's incredible.
0: She's almost, I'm in a lot of ways, the best part of the movie. She's awesome from beginning to end in this thing. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, Viggo Mortis, Mortensen's, he's doing a great job of. Not going full Jack Nicholson's chewing the scenery, and but he gets to do a lot of fun acting stuff uh, with mm-hmm. his character. But it, it, it fits in the role that he's not distracting. And obviously, Kristen Stewart in a much smaller role is very uh, an amazing scene. Everybody in this movie is just they're playing their job perfectly, and I, cool. I just it, it was it baffled me to have anybody, especially to call yourself a Cronenberg fan and say this movie is boring and sucks. Uh, just
1: I don't get that.
0: <laughs> I this is one of my favorite Cronenberg movies. This is definitely my favorite one in recent me- memory. Now, granted, we haven't a lot of the ones we've watched for the first time in the last five years, but they're twenty, thirty years old.
1: Mm-hmm. This
0: one, uh, you know, I, 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 in terms of his body horror movies, I think it might be my favorite. I, I think I even like it better than like *Eastern Promises* and *History of Violence*. This is that just intriguing and neat and artistic and everything about it is so cronenberg almost like it combines everything he's ever done into this kind of uh, this masterpiece and it's like you don't a lot of directors don't get to do that you know
1: well and i mean if you call yourself a cronenberg fan if you don't recognize his themes like his he seems to have a very he has a huge fascination with surgery and with the human body Uh, He's also got this fascination, like I've I've pointed out when we talked about Shivers, and again about this movie, he's fascinated by bodily autonomy, about the idea of how you give up your body, or whether you give up your body, or whether somebody has the right to invade your body. Uh, That's something that's been a theme of his, like I said, all the way back to Shivers in 75, and he's still talking about that, he's still having that conversation about that today and that conversation is even more relevant than it was in in 75 which uh, is it's fascinating it's uh, it's classically cronenberg in that way this is uh, you know this is something that that harkens back to really all the great themes of a cronenberg movie so how would anybody i mean there's a moment here that that recalls uh an even more kind of Transgressive version of the scene in Videodrome where Jason, James Woods gets a, a videotape shoved into his stomach. Instead, here it's somebody unzipping someone's stomach yeah. and then and then filleting it.
0: <laughs> and, and it's not like it doesn't pull you out of the movie. Like the way we talk about it out of context, I could see why you'd be like, that's dumb, but yeah. it fits perfectly in the movie. It's just it so. Does. And, you know, watching, I mean, I watch. Several minutes, maybe a few hours. <laughs> I don't want to exaggerate how much I watched of just interviews with Cronenberg, and it's one thing I've noticed in listening to him talk is that yeah, different than like a Scorsese who kind of has a vision of what he wants. He Cronenberg seems to not really know if he can pull it off, and he wants to see if he can. You know, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's kind of or, or even if or he or he finds something interesting. And he doesn't know how he feels about it, but he's going to just kind of play around in it and see where it comes out. And mm-hmm. that's and we were going to talk about Crash, but unfortunately, it wasn't available. Uh, but that was exactly what he said he did. He read the book and he hated it. <laughs> he just goes, <laughs> "I want to see if I can do this." Uh, and that's you know, and it seemed like he did that a lot over mm-hmm. his career. And uh, I I definitely can see that here, and it's very. I don't know. It's it's not for everybody, obviously. Obviously, uh, but it's it's not boring at all. I, I don't get where anybody would say that.
1: No, absolutely. That's uh that that has, that blows my mind. and anyone can find this boring. I found this endlessly fascinating. I was I was wrapped up in this movie. Uh, <laughs> just kind of, I'm just trying to process just even hearing the idea that this is a boring film because it's certainly not um where was i going with this i had another great point to make and i can't remember (laughs) but uh overall i mean just this movie is phenomenal it's just it's so classically cronenberg uh i love oh the the like sex the sex is uh, a big part of what cronenberg does and that's certainly not something that's really in fashion in this day and age is having as much nudity and sex as he has in his movies but it's never pointless it's never gratuitous uh, everything has a point or a purpose to it as to why it's happening it's happening to titillate you it's happening to surprise and shock you uh, it's happening to demonstrate the themes of the movie you know like i said surgery is the new sex uh, is, again there's a lot there's a, that that line may sound very straightforward but it has a lot of layers to it when you watch the movie Uh, Another thing I think that really kind of hurts some people's perceptions of this is that some people came out of some early screenings saying that this is one of Cronenberg's, you know, creepiest body horror movies. And it's like, no, 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 don't overhype that. That's not the case. Uh, It does definitely has that. I think somebody just saw an early photo of the ear guy and go, oh, yeah, Cronenberg, he's going crazy in this one. And it's like, no, just ear guy. That's it. (laughs) really. just ear guy and the you know the su- stomach zipper uh.
0: <laughs> but it's just a lot of surgery i mean that's kind yeah. of uh, and the way they do it's very neat i mean he's kind of done part of why we picked the classic existence the way they play the game is very similar to the way they do the sir at least early on in that movie is very similar to the way they do the surgeries mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: but I, I don't know it just even like the sex it's not really it's the surgery I mean they never you don't really ever see sex in it what they're doing is they're performing surgery on one another mm-hmm. and they're finding sexual satisfaction yeah it. yeah, exactly and a lot and it's just It's just. I mean you look at other filmmakers and let's just go back to Scorsese you know I mean in a lot of ways the like something like The Departed or The Irishman or is the movie that is what he's are the most recent ones where he's you know taken all this history, and those are the ones you would point to, but they're not his best. <laughs> his best were very early on mm-hmm. uh this is equally as good as anything he's ever done, and that is a hard task to uh accomplish, especially with someone who's got the catalogue that he has as a filmmaker.
1: Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Did, for him to have a movie of this quality so late in his career is just another testament to how brilliant he is.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, I, I don't. Uh... I want to keep talking about it, but I don't know what else to say. It's just-
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't want to spoil anything because you can spoil this movie. You could spoil aspects of this movie that I think you need to experience. There are two characters we haven't even talked about who have a very odd role <laughs> that is certainly thrown a lot of people for a loop, and they don't quite understand those characters. I don't really feel like I quite understand where those characters are coming from, but I think I understand which side of the conversation that, that they're on. Uh, which is, again, the whole point. Uh, and, and it's also he, he kind of marks areas where there are people who are on not both sides of the conversation, but they're like on the edge of one side or the other kind of coming around to an idea of where they stand, which is so representative of like any conversation we have in America today. There's always some people who are kind of leaning one way or the other, but not fully committed to it. And I think that's a There's an aspect of that. So within those characters, within several other characters that pop up in this movie. Uh, but it all makes for this brilliantly fascinating uh, engulfing movie that just say it grabbed me from the first moment and it held me in place the entire time
0: yeah it's definitely worth every penny that's to go see this movie Uh, I I just yeah one of the years best for sure Uh, not the best because everything everywhere all at once Uh, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. that's that's still very high praise. This is going to be one of the best years in movies if we keep going I like
1: Really, this. truly. Yeah, there's so many good movies. This year it's really great.
0: Yeah, I am just. I'm, I've been so excited about this, and this one did not disappoint even a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's move on to our classic. Uh,. We couldn't find Crash, so my brother goes, you need to watch Existence. That looks way more like Crimes of the Future. And according to him, this that was once called Crimes of the Future. Anyway, uh, it's Existence starring Jennifer Jason Leigh, Jude Law, Willem Dafoe, et cetera.
1: And uh, dating back to 1998, the story is about uh, a new sort of video game that uh, t- goes inside of your mind and uh, takes you on this very strange very realistic journey Uh, 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 Jennifer Jason Lee is the supposed creator of this game, Uh, Jude Law is a marketing executive who ends up becoming her sort of protector after an attempt on her life leaves her uh, having been shot having been shot by uh, (laughs) by one of the most unique guns in movie history Uh, thankfully she survives that, Uh, they go on the run together they end up uh, Eventually, going into the game after he gets himself a bioport in his back. Uh, bioport is something you have to have in order to play the game, and you get this weird skin thing that is your controller, and that is where the game is controlled from. And uh, it's all very Cronenberg stuff. Um, <laughs> I do, I think this is not my far far from my favorite uh, Cronenberg movie. I didn't really follow what his themes exactly were in this one um, the freedom of the mind versus the you know, the arresting of the mind perhaps could be a theme or maybe it just doesn't have any themes at all he just doesn't like video games I don't know I'm not sure exactly where, where to come down on this one I think Jude Law and especially uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh are really great uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh especially has a, a number of really terrific scenes and she looks amazing in this movie uh, there's a couple of pretty interesting performances there also by Willem Dafoe in a relatively small role Ian Holm, Sarah Polly uh, but overall this one just came up a little short for me but I mean even a even a mediocre Cronenberg movie is better than most other people's movies
0: yeah it, it's one of those where it's like if this wasn't his movie I'd probably, I would be I'd be like this is really cool, really neat I've mean, really, but the fact that it's Cronenberg and it's the same week <laughs> you've watched uh (laughs) crimes of the future i still like it uh it's you mentioned jennifer jason lee and and i have a way bigger appreciation for her lately she's been really fantastic in a lot of movies i'm sure she has always been but i've Mm -hmm. really started to notice it probably in the last five or six years and she's no different here she really does carry this movie and she's got great actors around her that you know that she's the one the main one carrying it uh it's really watchable. It's fun. Like I, I look at like like a, like the game by Fincher. I like this better than that. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I thought the problem with that movie is they never really they you weren't wondering the whole time. I mean, you just kind of knew he was in the game the whole time. I mean, that's kind of how I felt at least. I don't know, if, and it mm-hmm. just met for kind of a disappointment. And here it was just kind of. I don't even know. You know, he almost does it too much in this movie, but yeah. At the same time, uh. You know, it's you know, The Matrix came out around the same time as this, and really? a lot of us were like, "Well, where does The Matrix begin, or where does it end?" And it's the same kind of idea. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I think
1: The Matrix was a little bit clearer about it than this movie is. This movie uh, is toying with you, perhaps a little too much by the end, to the point where I'm not sure whether there was any kind of objective reality throughout. Right. Uh, All the way through to the end of the movie. I'm not sure if there was any type of objective reality. Uh, you know, for me, the, the real star of the movie is this bizarre tooth gun that is really, I think, it feels almost like that's the thing that everybody wanted to see about this movie. It's, it's like made from like animal bones and uh, teeth as bullets. And it's like, it's so crazy and so creepy and so weird. Uh, but it, it's also very, very cool and very, very Cronenberg. Uh, the, the game play on this you know this skin pocket thing is kind of a classically cronenberg idea one with the uh, so-called bioports uh but beyond that i just didn't really go for jude law and and jennifer jason lee as a couple or even as kind of people who would get on as well as they do uh they don't seem to have as much chemistry as needed jude law's a little bland uh, as the leading man here i don't think he's really developed that sort of uh, uh, presence that he'll ha- he certainly develops as he goes on as an actor and he's really just blown out of the water by jennifer jason lee whose performance is just so confident and so uh on the ball throughout uh, that it's really he he comes off as even more bland when he's compared to her
0: yeah but i mean i, I still found it fun enough. i didn't walk away from it mad at it or anything like mm-hmm. that uh but it's not Crimes of the Future, but not very much is. Uh, <laughs> but no, you're absolutely right. Jennifer Jason Lee owns this thing, and uh, I guess I'm curious to see more stuff she's done now. You know, we've got we have always described, finding, we're always finding these new people we've known about, but it's just like, cool. she really is quite good, and she's been quite good a lot. I mean, Hateful Eight, she was awesome in that. Oh, and, man, yeah. And so it's just like, I mean, I remember her in things, but maybe she was better than I remember.
1: She Um, was really great in the uh, Alex Garland, Natalie Portman, Oscar Isaac movie. Annihilation.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Very pivotal, very important, very well-acted role in that film.
0: Yeah, she's just great at adapting into whatever role she needs to be. and uh, Yeah, just that was the most fun part for me was watching her. Uh, cause it was just, it really was her movie. I mean, it's <laughs> just yeah. in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Uh, but again, I'll, this will be one of the, and I think it just where it came out versus, you know, he already had a nice catalog going into this one. It comes out in the late nineties. Uh, he's not the same guy he was in the early eighties. So again, it's good. I, I have no problem. I actually enjoyed watching it, but
1: I didn't hate it. I just think it's a, in terms of my my love of Cronenberg. I I, I love Shivers. I love Rabies. I love uh, you know, obviously Crimes of the Future. Uh, Videodrome even is better than this. It's probably I would say I would rank this higher than Scanners. I think Scanners is probably his most overrated movie. Um, but I would even take The Brood over this one, honestly.
0: Yeah, but we watched it. I'm glad I did. <laughs> uh more
1: cronenberg to come yes. <laughs> i want more cronenberg i want to watch dead ringers <laughs> oh yeah we haven't done
0: that one yet yeah anyway 30 years ago uh the big movie that came out was a league of their own
1: yeah league of their own uh, directed by the late penny marshall and starring gina davis tom hanks madonna Lori petty wonderful cast telling a real story about uh, real women who played baseball while uh, men were overseas fighting World War II. Uh, this is a, a terrific story, very, very funny, uh, remarkable characters, and really just Penny Marshall is just such a terrific comedy director. She just knows these characters and knows how to how to utilize them to the best of her abilities. Uh, she's great at just picking these moments, but also being able to stick to telling her story. Uh, and in Gina Davis, she's got this rock, this anchor right at the center that really holds everything in place. Uh, her performance is just so smart. Uh, she doesn't get to be as flashy or as uh, funny as everybody else, but she manages to hold the whole together so very, very well that uh, by the end, you actually get some real emotional resonance from uh, her facing off against her sister in the in the big moment in the big game. And th- that can often come off as a cliche in a sports movie, but here it felt fresh. It felt different because Gina Davis is so fresh and so different from every other kind of, sports movie personality that you've ever seen. And you've got Tom Hanks in this sort of anti-Tom Hanks role, this uh, sloppy, messy, gross, jerky character who has has maybe the most obvious arc in the movie from being this uh, low-life drunk to being a guy who comes to care about these people and and uh, about Gina Davis's character. I was reading an article actually about how they actually did have a scene between Davis and Hanks where they were going to kiss. And they decided to take that out because they felt that it harmed Gina Davis's character too much. And that audiences might not want uh, to see her cheat on her husband, which uh, I think it was a good idea to take that out. I don't think I liked the fact that they had some romantic tension, but they didn't act on it. It just makes her seem like a better person, not acting on it. Um, I, I, I love this movie. I think the movie's fantastic, and it's really just a lot of fun.
0: Oh yeah, I, I think Penny Marshall deserves a ton of credit because someone I know, Josh, has the same kind of feeling I do, and it's stupid, but I've it's still something I have when I watch a sports movie, and I can tell they don't know what they're doing. Uh, that always bugs me, and there yeah. are times when Gina Davis doesn't look like she knows what she's doing. However. The way Penny Marshall frames it and puts it together, it, it doesn't matter. Like it it's still, it doesn't distract me from the movie, uh, like it would in a lesser movie. Really? Uh, and I, I think that's a really important thing that Penny Marshall did. I don't even know exactly what she did, but it just the whole. At no point am I just sitting there pulled out of the movie when something bad happens. You know, when it's like she swings and the ball goes straight up in the air versus <laughs> out of the park. Uh, it's, I mean, obviously, I noticed it because I'm talking about it, but it it doesn't. The movie keeps going, and it's so fun and sweet and smart and uh, emotional that it's just really well made and one of the better baseball movies. Probably a top five for me, baseball wise.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, maybe even definitely. Yeah, Yeah. it definitely belongs in that conversation. Uh, because this movie is that good because of Penny Marshall and her. Uh, remarkable talent. Uh, it's as if in her family, she got like 99% of the talent and then Gary got 1% of the talent.
0: <laughs> he made 99 <laughs> movies for every one human. <laughs> yeah.
1: Despite his complete lack of talent. Uh, But no, I I think there's another great story that uh, Gina Davis tells. I think Variety did a 30-year retrospective recently uh, where they talked to the screenwriter and Gina Davis and Lori Petty. And uh, Gina Davis tells a story about how she went to the audition and met with Petty Marshall. And when she did, her agent said, Now, don't throw a baseball. Whatever she asks you to do, don't throw a baseball. Just tell her you're there to act not throw a baseball and then Penny eventually talks her into uh throwing a ball and she's bad at it <laughs> it's terrible she didn't know how to throw a baseball uh and of course she goes on to learn that and you see her uh they really put in like her and madonna and rosie o'donnell and the entire cast put in a great deal of work to uh to get to be incredible baseball players to look like they were knowing what they were doing and that's uh, certainly uh, i think you can see a lot of that work in the movie
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, Rosie would, I mean, that's the great part is she did surround them with... Like, Rosie O'Donnell clearly knew what she was doing. Laurie Petty did as well. And Madonna was Madonna enough to make it entertaining when she's out. In the, I mean, it, it was just the perfect mixture of everything yeah. that uh, th- this movie really is better than it. I mean, it gets a lot of credit, so I'm not trying to say it's underrated, but it kind of is. Yeah. Uh, it really is... As good as everybody says it is, and then there's a
1: wonderful thing in this movie too. There's a character who is treated as a as a very ugly woman. She's not an attractive, typically attractive woman on the team. She's very she's kind of big and kind of very shy and very standoffish. Uh, But uh, the movie does kind of poke fun at her looks. But then they come back around on that uh, very early on and give her a couple of really emotional moments where uh, Petty Marshall fought to get those scenes in there between. Her and her father, which really kind of ground her in a sort of reality, as opposed to what the movie is going to do with her, which is kind of make some jokes at her expense. But I don't think she's necessarily entirely the joke of the movie. And I really appreciated that they that they did that with that character, because that could be just kind of a stock jokey character.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, they... There was no repetitive character in this movie. Everybody served a purpose. And it was a step over the top, but in the perfect way. I mean, it was just everybody was on the same page. It flows perfect. There's no distractions. It's just a really well-made, great movie. Uh, I, went I, to, I went to about. school
1: with a kid. Uh, his last name was, was Stillwell.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs>
1: yeah. Stillwell Angel.
0: <laughs> yeah, he he, he, has he was not moment. a fan
1: of this movie. <laughs> he, was like a, he was a senior. A, we were almost seniors in high school when it came out. And he was not a fan of this movie because people in the hallway called it. him Stillwell Angel.
0: <laughs> but even that character had a great mo- moment at the he end. He did.
1: He really did. That was lovely. Uh, they also had to fight to get that scene. The, the, the scene at the end in the movie. They had to fight to get that in there, too
0: yeah i mean penny marshall deserves a shit ton of credit for this thing uh
1: absolutely
0: just really probably a better directing effort than just straight up technical work uh Mm. everything she had to do to make this happen uh and have her vision seen through to the end just really impressive
1: the original the original cut of the movie the first cut that they made was four hours long (laughs)
0: gotta start somewhere (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> uh, and i don't know that we're going to talk about it but boomerang also turned 30 i didn't make a po- picture for it so i guess boomerang's not on it but what I, was it oh boomerang, boomerang yeah uh, i have a distinct
1: memory it. of that movie yeah uh it was one of eddie murphy's like last kind of good movies i always wanted eddie murphy to remain like a an icon for me and you know, about this time when, when Boomerang came out, he was really much on that lower side of his career, and this one kind of popped up and made it seem like, oh, hey, maybe Eddie still has some gas in the tank. Like, maybe he can still do something. It's a romantic comedy, and he and Halle Berry are really great, and the girls are really sexy. I don't know if this movie would hold up if I watched it today. I'm, I kind of worry that it probably wouldn't, but because uh, <laughs> uh, I have not seen it in, in over a decade that I, I can recall. Um, so I'm probably, I'm imagining there's just a lot of things in it that I wouldn't enjoy today, but but now, uh, at the time though, I, like I said, I was really rooting for Eddie Murphy and the movie did re- very well uh, and then, then again after that he just is straight downhill until drinking girls.
0: and then downhill again and then Dolomite <laughs> is okay <in>
1: <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> but he is revered as <laughs> one of the best yeah. of all time, which
1: I mean, the man just, Steve if, Martin. If, if a rumor goes out that he might be doing a comedy tour, it trends on Twitter. <laughs> That's how relevant Eddie Murphy remains today.
0: Well, and considering not to talk about but I'm not going to name any names, but some of the guys who were considered great at one point are almost complete hacks nowadays. It's
1: <laughs> so true. Uh,
0: I mean, so many great comedians, just all they want to talk about is cancer culture. And it's like bring somebody back bring Eddie back and let him just do his thing and don't talk about don't i, I guess yeah, I, I don't want him to come back and go that angle that would yeah. be
1: horrible <laughs> I worry that could be the direction it goes if he did come back. Uh, maybe that's why he hasn't come back he's like oh they'll just cancel me if I do
0: <laughs> no they won't <laughs> all right it doesn't exist <laughs> right and if it does exist it's like you know you never heard about those women who louis ck did stuff to they were the ones who got canceled
1: yeah true that
0: all right uh we'll play a little flick chart and then we'll let you guys go babe pig in the city fear and loathing in las vegas
1: um i can't even remember whether it i mean we watched it fairly recently and now i can't even remember fear and loathing anymore
0: If it was Babe, the first Babe, I might go Mm -hmm. with that. But Fear and Loathing was at least original enough that...
1: Yeah, all right, I'll go there with you.
0: I mean, it's definitely overrated, but not to the point where I hate it. (laughs) Wet Hot American Summer Ever After.
1: Wet Hot American Summer.
0: Yeah, it's just so much fun. (laughs) Changeling Runaway Jury.
1: Changeling. Actually, a pretty good movie.
0: Absolutely. The Theory of Everything Day and Night
1: Day and Night is a Disney short You might want to find another movie
0: The Theory of Everything Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets
1: Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets
0: Yes Machete The Sixth Day
1: The Sixth Day That's how much I hate Machete
0: I don't really have an opinion Annie Kill Bill Volume 1 Kill Bill. At the end of the Minions movie, a lot of the minions dress up as uh, the bride, and my <laughs> son, who has not seen Kill Bill, you know, West Virginia, his cousin, they're dressed like the girl from Kill Bill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, <just sighs> spoiler alert: there's a kung fu scene at the end where the minions. Oh wow! Fight.
1: Well, that's a ki- That's a reference all kids get is Kill yes. Bill. <laughs>
0: I will, the number of people, when I say it was terrible, go, really? i yeah. uh, are surprised when I say <laughs> that. It, it's pretty shocking. <laughs> yeah. But it, I don't know. It's just not for this podcast, I guess. Bad Boys for Life, War of the Worlds.
1: War of the Worlds.
0: Bad Boys was pretty disappointing. Yeah, it was. Legends of the Fall, Jingle All the Way.
1: Legends of the Fall, uh, just because I could take a nap during that one.
0: I did briefly fall asleep during Minions and started <laughs> I like did the first part of a snore my wife uh, elbowed me she said, you're not doing that in here no
1: <laughs> uh, I've never heard of Godzilla versus Biollante. yeah
0: so. neither have I Naked Gun 33 in the third the final insult or Deadpool Deadpool absolutely Never Weekend
1: 1921 no
0: Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Lost Highway.
1: Lost Highway.
0: Did you st- like that? I haven't heard you, you.
1: I actually didn't get to watch it, but uh, this, this re-release that they just did, but I wanted to. I just didn't get to it.
0: All right. The Hangover Part 2, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. <sighs>
1: like I know Harry Potter is a better more accomplished film than The Hangover 2 but The Hangover 2 is much more fun and shorter so I'll take that
0: awesome <laughs> The Right Stuff Final Destination
1: uh, Final Destination
0: Yeah The Right stuff's just too boring for me Yeah Raging Bull Batman and Robin <laughs>
1: Uh, Raging
0: Bolt. Yeah, some like it hot, Back to the Future 3.
1: Some like it hot.
0: Yeah. Forrest Gump, American (laughs) History X.
1: American History X. Because I want Edward Norton to stomp Forrest Gump.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Talk about a movie that has gotten worse as I've grown up with it. I mean, obviously, Forrest comes on a more rapid pace than American History X, but... (laughs) uh, A movie I absolutely loved and would put on this huge pedestal to like, oh my God, this is kind of shit. Hmm.
1: I've never heard of The Haunted Sea.
0: Neither have I, and I wish I'd never heard of Rambo 3. Friends with Benefits, Rambo 3.
1: Friends with Benefits.
0: (laughs) Yes, Rambo 3 was that bad. Dangerous Liaisons, A Bug's Life.
1: Dangerous liaisons.
0: Agreed. Helping hands, nineteen forty one. That's
1: an R gang thing, I've never no. Or and yeah.
0: Get Shorty Heathers.
1: (sighs) Controversial choice, but I'm taking Heathers. I like Get Shorty, but Heathers is like one of those movies I grew up with and just really, really love. Yeah, I love that style of humor just gets me. (laughs) <laughs> the, the words i love my dead gay son never fail to make me laugh
0: well I, I feel like it it's and i'm young gen x but it's like the older gen x crowds that's one of their movies and yeah uh get short just more of a universally good movie uh i, yeah. I like the specifics of that grumpy old men or tombstone
1: this is actually tough because grumpy old men is really funny like really, really funny, um, but then Tombstone. I mean, I really liked Tombstone when, uh, when I watched it last. I think we did it. Did we do it as a classic. Yeah, I think we did, uh, and I really enjoyed that. I really found that to be kind of a revelation seeing it again. Um, you're going Tombstone, right?
0: Right. I like them both, but I watched Tombstone. A lot. I like. I've seen that probably forty or fifty times. So. I yeah, all right, to watch I'll go it there. Once or twice it's, a year.
1: That's
0: fun. Deadpool, Get Shorty. This is
1: not a good day for Get Shorty. Uh, <laughs> <it's a> Deadpool. <laughs> One of the
0: first times I've ever seen Get Shorty on this list. <laughs> <And> it's <laughs> I've not
1: seen Without Love. I should see that. I haven't seen it yet.
0: Yeah, Halloween H2O, Lemony Stickets, a series of unfortunate events.
1: Halloween H2O
0: not seen either one so okay <laughs> Oblivion Compliance.
1: Compliance what a phenomenal movie. Is that the That's the girl in the back of the restaurant food? Yeah being, that's yeah,
0: fucked up that's true. That movie
1: is severely fucked up but it is amazing
0: Yeah Thank God it's been 2012 since that came out Jesus I course. know right? I thought that was more recent. Babe or Shrek 2
1: babe
0: yeah the bucket list south side of you
1: south side with you that's the uh, obama, obama movie movie yeah way but be- anything but a lot of movies are better than the bucket list
0: <laughs> the fountain mission impossible rogue nation
1: mission impossible rogue nation
0: what is the fountain
1: fountain is uh darren aronofsky with the uh, a crying hugh jackman
0: Oh, I like that I won't fight on it I don't like it that much Total Recall how high
1: Total Recall 2012
0: 2012
1: yes Um, I'm going how high
0: I'll follow you there Tears of the Sun Christine
1: Christine is far more memorable than Tears of the Sun
0: yeah The Time Machine and Night at the Roxbury
1: um, They're both trash, um, but I hate A Night at the Roxbury enough to pick a forgettable Time Machine movie.
0: It's definitely forgettable. The Rugrats movie, Gangs of New York.
1: Gangs of New York.
0: I don't love Gangs of New York, but I don't vote for kid movies. <laughs> the Incredible Burt Wonderstone Insomnia.
1: Insomnia by a lot. By a lot.
0: Executive decision, the omen two thousand six.
1: Executive decision, just because they kill off Segal so early.
0: I actually really like that movie. <laughs> the Jewel of the Nile, The Client.
1: The Client is actually a really underrated movie.
0: Overrated book, but an
1: underrated
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare.
1: Freddy's dead.
0: The Freddy movies have gotten more votes than probably <laughs> they probably they deserve. Really, so they
1: really deserve, yeah. <laughs> they have
0: lined up perfectly. Uh Watchmen. Oh, that's not
1: Is that the correct watch Yeah, okay. Yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah,
0: Watchmen, Double Indemnity.
1: Double Indemnity.
0: Have we watched that one. That sounds familiar.
1: I don't know if we watched it. I know I have, but <laughs> I don't think we've it done about? it. We should do it as a classic for sure because it's a fucking incredible movie.
0: All right. I'll let you have it then. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Crow.
1: The Crow. How sad is it that both Christy Swanson and Luke Perry are dead, though? That's so crazy that they're both dead.
0: Yeah, I didn't even think about that.
1: Okay, fine. Christy Swanson is just a Republican, but to me, she's dead.
0: <laughs> yeah, for the second I was just like Did she just die like this week? I knew she was a crazy Republican. You had me really concerned that like I missed something.
1: <laughs> Did you hear that uh that uh in in AEW they actually uh, Christian who's now an AEW former WWE wrestler, actually brought up Luke Perry's death on the show to call out Jack Perry, who is Luke Perry's son. Uh, Jungle Boy in AEW. <laughs> it's like your your dad would be so disappointed in you <laughs> making oh, a Jesus. promo. It was so, like, it was, wow. You couldn't believe it. Uh, tremendous promo. Sold, sold the fact that he's a terrible human being really, really well.
0: I mean, obviously, he probably told him to say that.
1: I would you- hope so. I hope he got permission to say that before he did it.
0: Oh, man, that's... <laughs> He was one of my favorites, too, Christian. Uh, but I don't watch it regularly. I just watch highlights on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. On uh, the occasional pay-per-view. Natural Born Killers, Mission Impossible 3.
1: Mission Impossible 3.
0: The Birds, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang.
1: I I love The Birds, but Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is the winner of this one.
0: Absolutely the color of money pulp fiction pulp fiction one of the best of all time the princess and the frog Coraline. Coraline. beavis and butthead do america wild at heart i wish we could see <laughs> wild at heart
1: <laughs> i know right oh man but i my memory of wild at heart is better is somewhat better than my memory of beavis and butthead I, not that i don't love beavis and butthead and i do want to see the new beavis and butthead movie i, I almost
0: just don't have paramount i do yeah have, i watched the south park movie which was just it's called the streaming wars where all they yeah. do is basically there's a water shortage in colorado and all the weed farms that they now have turned in on the show are streaming water to denver so they're all you know the kids make these boats out of popsicle sticks and paper to see who's streaming the best, and they're but they're committing to too many different streaming services. <laughs> uh, and they just said, We're done, we're just gonna pick one streaming service and be done. And because South Park's on like HBO, on um, Paramount, yeah. and then they got Comedy Central, and uh, it was fun for a while. Uh, for the I, Birds is
1: another short film,
0: okay. Borat or Creed? Creed. I agree. Is the internet telling me we're done? (laughs) Uh, I think Um, they are.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's it.
0: (laughs) All right. We will see you next week with Thor, Love and Thunder. And our classic is, at least for now, unless we decide to do something else, Big Trouble in Little China, because thor is wearing that shirt <laughs> that's how <laughs> original we're being uh, yeah anything else coming out next week that,
1: um i've got a couple that are that are in the works that i don't have uh right off the top of my head but i will right. soon
0: and nothing huge in 92 universal soldier cool world 93 90
1: no it's 92, 92. you're right man you
0: really really messing with me today christy swanson <laughs> first <laughs> <laughs> And now the year. All right. Talk to you next week. See ya. Bye.